Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Welcome to the session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley. Back in the studio today, we got a lot of shows coming at you recently, and I'm stoked about that. Today's no different. I have Oak Park Brewing in the studio with me. We're going to meet them in just a second. Uh, I've already had some of their beer. It's fantastic, so I'm looking forward to this show. I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com right now and check them out. They've been our sponsor since day zero. You know that. Um, They're still here. So go to morebeer.com, check them out. Check out their YouTube channel, too. Uh, They give away a bunch of stuff on there. I think they're still doing Free Beer Friday. All kinds of good things happening over at More Beer. So thank them for supporting this show. I thank them every time I see them. Uh, thanks to all of our other sponsors as well. Williams Brewing, 21st Amendment, Beer Smith, you name it. They're here, and we're here because of them. So we want to thank them. All right. Without further ado, let's meet our guests today. We've got Raj Little and Jeff Scott from Oak Park Brewing. Welcome to the studio, guys. What's up? Hey, what's up? All the way from Sacramento, California. I'm glad you guys made the trip down. It's not too far, but Bay Area traffic can be horrendous, so I still appreciate it. And I also appreciate this. And my listeners, if you haven't heard me say it recently, I'm telling you again, sometimes we catch shit about how many West Coast brewers I have on. But I have to admit, I'm so fed up with Zoom after the couple years of Zoom that I just kind of refuse almost at all costs to do Zoom shows now. So uh, when I have brewers who are willing to come to the studio, for me, that just takes priority over everything. So um, so folks at home, don't worry. I will still get outside of the West Coast, and I have been doing so when I can. Um, in fact, some great we just had a brewer from Vancouver who flew down just to do the show, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so thank you for being in the studio and allowing me to not have to Zoom show anymore. Well, thank you for having us. Likewise. I can't be the only one who's tired of Zoom, right? Like, I feel like it has done its job, and I'm thankful for it, and it still has a place. But overall, it's kind of nice to see faces, in, like, as faces. 
you know, not as screens. Definitely. So, Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Between Teams and Zoom and FaceTime. Yeah. Let's talk in person. It's it's great for productivity. So I'm not trying like I said, it has a place, but I just I'm so glad to have like people in the studio again. So thanks for being here and doing that. Um I like to start sometimes with a beer that's not my guest beer. So I gave you guys, I gave us all Faction Beer today, who's celebrating their 10th anniversary this month, and we're drinking their Hellastrata. Have you guys had a chance to, to sip it yet? Here we yeah. go. It's a Hellas with, I'm guessing, 100% Strata. Um, I didn't look it up. I probably should have. It's definitely, like, predominantly Strata. You can taste it, right? Yes, it is pretty heavy on the strata. Yeah, yeah. It's tasty. Congratulations, factions, to 10 years in the business. Yeah. That's a long time, and it's impressive. So good job, guys. They're some of my favorites, so we're actually throwing them. They're having their own anniversary party, and then we're throwing a party here, too. Cool, Because they're cool. just great people who make great beer. They are. And I got to say, they probably have one of the best views mm. in all tap rooms on the west coast at least that's, that that's, I've been to. Yeah. that's what he's been telling me so i can't wait to make a uh, company <laughs> to, trip to finally make it there yeah, yeah down to faction we got to go down to faction what's funny about that too is not only is it this amazing view but it's most likely i mean never say never but it's this amazing view that will probably never go away because it's all this weird government land and so no one's allowed to build in front of them so you're just looking at san francisco from oakland and that will probably never go away for them. Yeah, it's like, what, 200 yards of asphalt, government <laughs> land yeah. that's never going to change? Exactly. Yeah. It's literally a runway is their front yard, and you're not allowed to build on that old runway. So they've got a view forever. Good for them. All right. Um, well, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, and as usual, I just want to start like with the history of not just Oak Park, but, but you guys. Um, and I know a little more about you, Raj, because I've been communicating with you through this. Uh, but I know you definitely started out as a home brewer. Uh, yep, I'm still a home brewer. Still a home uh, brewer, yeah. <laughs> we just have a big home brewing kit at Oak Park Brewing <laughs> Company, and we get lucky a lot. You know, I did see your brew house. I've seen it a couple times now. And I, I don't mean this as a slight, but yeah, it's a big old home brewing kit. It's yeah. kind of what it looks like. What, what is it, 10 barrel? Uh, 10 barrel. Okay. So big enough, um, but you still think of it as like you can just experiment like it's homebrew. Yeah, yeah. It's small enough to where you can, you know, be creative. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you slip up, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Right. <laughs> you can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but how long it. have you been homebrewing? How many years? Man, I would say. Probably close to like 18 years now. Okay. Yeah. So I met uh, Jeff, what, in 2010, Ten? something oh. like that. So okay. I was home brewing. I started home brewing in 2007. Okay. So I don't know if my math doesn't add up. Hey, yeah. You know, it's about 15 <laughs> years. 15, <laughs> 16 years. Something like take. that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a long time. And like I said, I still consider myself as a home brewer. Sure. What you got know, you so. into home brewing? And excessive beer tab. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, uh, you know, my buddy was like, hey, you need to close your tab out. And it was, you know, a tab that was running for like maybe like two weeks. Okay. And I was like, eh, <laughs> okay, I like beer, but yeah. not like this. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, so I ended up just taking a break for from taking a break away from the place. Uh, took the money that was on that tab, the same amount of money and purchased like books, a home brewing kit. I got myself around people that knew more about beer making, the beer making process. So 
it was a it, it, it started out as a hobby mm. but then it turned into like a passion project okay yeah i started spending a lot of money on brewing equipment uh ingredients i was brewing pretty much with my nine to five job i was brewing about three or four times a week oh wow after work yeah what was your so, job i was in the screen printing industry okay so uh yeah my days would start at seven my brew days would end at like 2 30 in the morning right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh got it <clears throat> okay it was a, it was a journey all right and you met jeff uh, jeff were you a homebrew at the time too or yeah, yeah i started homebrewing back in 2005 2006 in the same era as raj um i actually started i got into beer because someone bought my dad uh it was brew it up in Sacramento. You used to be able to go there and brew your own beer. Yeah, I remember that place. Beer turned out like trash. Now that I look back <laughs> on it, um, but yeah. we went, we brewed there, and then I just kind of fell in love with the recipe formation, the cooking aspect of it, and being okay. able to control all of your ingredients. Yeah, and that's about when I started and started with a brew in a bag kit. Second time, ended up buying a homebrew kit. I believe it was for more beer. Nice. There we go. It was the old Igloo, 10-gallon Igloo cooler, gravity-fed system. Yeah. like 300 bucks at the time. That was the second batch, and from there, just kept brewing. Like Rob said, I'd brew probably two or three times a week. Okay. Uh, what was your day job back then? I was a mortgage underwriting manager. Oh, so something that made money, even. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. More than brewing does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, and then, uh, is Oak Park both of your first professional brewing gigs? I don't think it is, right? No, so I actually met Raj back in 2010-ish or so. It was at the Oak Park Homebrew Club's meeting they had. So the original owners of Oak Park had a homebrew club. Okay. And my wife, Becca, and I walked up, and Raj was the first person we met there. Um, But we were out checking out homebrew clubs because we were opening another brewery in Sacramento that opened in 2011. Okay, got it. Um, so you had another project before Oak Park, but met all these folks. So Oak Park Brewing, and you guys are are the essentially co-owners, but it existed before the two of you. I see. And just for clarity for our listeners too, Oak Park's a neighborhood in Sacramento, right? It's like a, a burb of Sacramento. Yeah, it's actually a historical part, uh, not hysterical, a historical, but historical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it probably can be hysterical at times. Sacramento, uh, there's a lot of history in Oak Park. It was more of a highfalutin place to live ah. in the early 1900s. There was an amusement park. Uh, they had a trolley car system. It was the place that you wanted to be in. Okay. You know? So there's a lot of history there. Okay, got it. So someone had opened Oak Park Brewing there before you guys and then presumably wanted to sell it or just closed it or what happened there? So they were open for about, I think they just celebrated their four-year anniversary and then closed shortly thereafter. Um, okay. Lots of rumors out there about why they closed, but they closed and then um, we took over about a year later in 2018. Okay. And was everything just still in there when you guys took over? Pretty like much. Brew everything, house and stuff? everything was there. If yeah. The way the brew house looks today is how I walked into it. It oh, was a okay. lot dirtier and a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of work to get it to where I personally wanted it. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, but all the equipment was there. Okay. 
And what about the rest of the the tap room and such? Tap room's gorgeous. The so. tap room was there. Right, so they did the a nice restaurant job. was there. Yeah. We redid some things in the tap room. Okay. I think I spent two weeks cleaning behind the bar because okay. I don't think their <laughs> tap room staff ever scrubbed the bar. Yeah, yeah. I think there was like a half inch thick like dry beer crust yeah. on wow. the back of the bar. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've worked in places like yeah, that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the reason I don't order draft beer at dive bars. Uh, even if they have Sierra Nevada on tap, I always ask if they have it in a bottle. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much the reason. Um, so, okay. But you still took over pretty much a turnkey place, right? Yes, it was, yeah. And what year was that? Sorry? It was like 2019. I, we, oh, right. We Where moved in in 2018, 18, but okay, we opened 18. in 2019. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It took me like. I think I spent like, like six months, or eight months, nine months cleaning up the place to get it ready to where I felt comfortable brewing beer there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Can I ask you a business question? This sure. for, for my own curiosity and those out there maybe doing this. So when you when you take over a place like that, like you're saying, there's a there's a period of time before you're open, like six months. Are you are you paying rent for six months while you're cleaning all that place up, or are you able to sort of arrange that with the landlord that you don't pay till you open? Like, how does something like that work? So our landlord was cool with it. He actually gave us free rent until we had our ABC approval. So there's the nice. processes okay. of all your applications, ABC, TTB, before you could make beer, before you could sell beer. Yeah. And one of the things we negotiated in our contract for taking it over was that we had to be basically fully ready to open before they could charge us rent which included getting your ttb license and your abc license so super helpful yes i always ask that because you'd be surprised how many people i hear go no no we're paying rent from day one and i always think how can you afford that That, it could be sixty thousand dollars before you open yeah we wouldn't have made it for the nine months ten months without that rent debatement yeah yeah nice Okay, so beer starts coming out in 2019. What's the, what style? What's the first batch of beer you guys brewed? What was your first batch of beer, Mr. <laughs> so the, Jeff? Please the first Scott? beer that I brewed there, I got to give a shout out to Revision and Jeremy. Heck yeah. He's a, Love those a guys. good friend, makes some incredible hoppy beer, and I love their Revision IPA, right? Okay, it, yeah. It's Simcoe and Mosaic. Yep, great beer. I was like, okay, I like that. I don't want to do an IPA with Simcoe and Mosaic. I want to do a pale ale because I didn't want to like step on any toes or anything, right? <laughs> and I had never brewed on their on the system before. I didn't even do a test batch. I was like, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens, right? Because like Why Raj not? said, we're home brewers. We just go for it. And yeah. a lot of times you could fix things down the road <laughs> if you need to. Um, so I was shooting for like a 5% pale ale, um, but – the efficiency on the batch ended up being like 95% versus my estimated like 80%. So it ended up being like a six and a half percent IPA at that sure. point in time. Yeah. And we just kind of stuck it with that and ran with it, unfortunately. <laughs> was it good? <laughs> oh, it was delicious. We still make it today. It's our nice. probably our number three selling beer is the Oak Park IPA. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we have that on tap here at the Hop Grenade. It'll probably be here for at least a week. I think we got a half barrel of that. So if you want to come down to the Hop Grenade, you're not in the Sacramento area, you can try the Oak Park IPA. Um, so having a super efficient brew house isn't a bad thing, right? Like it's a mistake, but now you're probably stoked. Yeah, it was it was great. I enjoy it. We enjoy it now. Um, the benefits of that, we scale our recipes accordingly now, right? Like sure, it's yeah. one of those things as like, 
a brewer, you have to learn how to adapt and change your processes based upon your equipment. Yeah. And then as your equipment changes too, things change and you got to pay attention to it. So, you know, like it probably saves us a bag of grain per batch being okay. at that 95 percentile versus an 80 percent. Mm-hmm. That shit adds up. Yeah, That's a lot. Does, yeah. So, Raj, though, it's your first pro brew gig, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely. Got it. Definitely. And did you quit your day job immediately and go to work for Oak Park or? No, it was a lengthy vetting process because initially like a. Uh, Jeff Beck and myself, we had a a, a, semi, a a business venture that lasted for like a year and a half, and then it kind of dissipated. Okay. And uh, one day, I was just like, "Man, I haven't talked to Jeff and Becca in a while." He texted me the next day, "Hey, man, you want to meet up and grab some coffee?" Nice. Yeah. Of course. I was like, "Yeah, let's let's meet up." So, uh, you know, we sat down, and uh, we're we're friends. We're friends, so, you know, First of course, and foremost, yeah. conversation, how's the family, blah, 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 you know, just chopping it up, and uh, we got into what he wanted to talk about, so he basically uh, asked if I wanted to come on and brew at this new brewery that they were working on, so. <laughs> what was your answer, Raj? No. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? Yeah, it, there was no money in it. <laughs> well, that's well, fact. You know, so he so, spent a lot of time with a, a longtime guest of yours, Jamil. Yeah. And Jamil yeah. schooled him on the whole production <laughs> brewing lifestyle, and he was like, no. Uh, yeah, doing no. research and having that conversation. But uh, you know, can just we just say that I feel like Jamil, who is very kind-hearted mm-hmm. and very open with his advice, is also such a naysayer sometimes about things like this. Meanwhile, pretty sure he just sold his brewery for a bunch of money. So, like, I'm just saying, you got to take Jamil with a grain of salt. Now, I don't think he was leading you astray. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying he's so hardcore about what can be the bad things. They probably forgot to tell you you could do great. <laughs> well, not even that. It was like this. So just by chance, me and my friend, we stopped by Heretic. I think it was on July 4th. Okay. It was like a random. We were coming from somewhere. And we were like, hey, let's go by Heretic. Check it out. And Jamil just happened to be there. I've never seen him in person. Okay, yeah. I've met his wife many times. And I was like, I got to say something. I got to say something. Right, nice. Yeah, so I'm thinking of an icebreaker. So I've never been a Porter fan. Okay. But I drank, I had two samples of the Porters that they had on tap. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, these are good. I was never a Porter fan. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is my icebreaker. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go say something. He's sitting down taking a break. So I was like, hey, Jamil, I'm so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. It's like I listen to you guys on the Brewing Network, and nice. I'm really impressed with your Porter styles. I'm not a Porter fan, and my friend like pretty much vouched for it. Yeah, he never he's never liked Porters. Yeah, but I was like, if all Porters tasted like these two Porters, I would be a Porter fan. Right. You know, so that was the icebreaker. So we're talking about beer, and he started going into personal stuff. Man, my yeah. back. And- <laughs> That's Jamil. Like, yeah. You know, it was like, and I was just like, oh my God, he's sharing personal stuff. So we yeah. we had an opportunity to talk to him for about an hour and a half. Wow. Wow. You know, so with that being said. Yeah. Yeah. He talked <laughs> to you about being a brewer. No, he didn't. He gave <laughs> okay. me a perspective. Okay. All right. You know, so I was just like, you know, when Jeff vetted me, I was just like, man, I, I've already taken four steps back. I can't do it again. Yeah. You know, but uh, just to move forward in the vetting process, uh, 
I think, oh, and this is a funny story on the vetting process. So Jeff ended up, this is after the fact. So well, Wait, so you left this coffee meeting with a no, Jeff, like that, or? or I left with a, let me know where you're at, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we can figure it out from there. In a there. couple months okay, down the road. Right. In a couple months down the road. Because yeah, yeah. this was probably pretty close to when we first got the keys to the building. So okay. I was pre-planning where we're going here, right, with the other ownership. And so I wanted to start that ball rolling so we could make sure we get there at some point in the very near future for once we open. Okay. So after the fact, <laughs> I ended up getting a phone call from one of the business partners. And I was like, somebody's playing a joke on me. Why would, why would this person be calling me? Yeah. And then his text came through, hey, so-and-so is going to call. And I was like, okay, is legit. Right, right. <laughs> So long story short, uh, it was like we went through a vetting process. And in the end, you know, my thing was like, it's got to make sense. Yeah, of course. You know, I can do the job, but it's got to make sense. And, uh, you know, just having that conversation with the last individual, you know, he was like, man, Raj, what do you want? Okay. Yeah, and do you have just so I can paint the picture? You have a family at this point. You got so, like mouths to feed. You, you, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So co-parenting, and you know that was it was something that was on my mind. Yeah, but okay. nothing too crazy. But uh, but it's not just yourself to think about. That's yeah, what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Okay, you know, and just being a little older in life, you're like, man. Yeah, it's like you gotta you gotta elevate. Yeah, yeah. You know, not decelerate or sure. know, drop down or take four steps back again. So they tell you to write your own deal. They say, what do you want? Pretty much. And, uh, you know, one of the things that came up was the vision. When they started talking about community, you know, helping, impacting people's lives, of course, producing quality yeah. premium beers. I was like, okay, I can get behind that. So when when it was conveyed to me, hey, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I wrote down everything that I needed. It's like, okay, done deal. You're my dude. Okay. You know, so from that day on, we've been rocking hard. Okay, yeah. You know, so I can say my piece. I don't have my hands tied. Uh, there's a creative aspect to it. Uh, my word means something. Yeah. You know, it's like we all bring something to the table. We're like Voltron minus the one lion. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, so yeah. there's there's four of us, and we make it work, and we stuck to the vision. You know, it's all about the community. Nice. You know, it's like how can we – built something a safe space to where everybody can come and chill out and have a cold one yeah yeah you know, and just relax and kick it and that's what i saw when i met you guys that's why so um i invited you on because of the beer too don't don't get me wrong but you had such a cool event during the uh california craft brewers conference at your place a couple of friends of mine said hey we're going to oak park oak park you should come with us so i did and i i jumped in right in the middle of this event that you guys were doing and it was so community oriented and it was so cool to hear everybody speaking there that i just i came up and introduced myself to you right away Raj, because i just was like okay these guys guys kind of have something different because you know all right i've been doing this uh, for a long time and i'm going to tell you right now that like nine out of ten brewers come in here and talk about community right and and i don't think they're lying right but but they don't mean the same thing there's there's a difference between like oh my regulars are out there that's my community and like and and community outreach and and bring in the people that are outside the door inside the door and that's something that you guys do different and that not everybody does 
I also think it's kind of hard to do, by the way. So I'm not even uh, talking down on these breweries that aren't doing it. I just mean the word gets thro- thrown around so often that it's nice to see someone who's really bringing community inside the door. And that's what I liked about you guys right off the bat. Cool, cool. And that's, uh, you know, with things that are going on in the industry, uh, I can only sum it up like this. We are who we are in and outside of the brewery. So mm-hmm. it wasn't hard for us. Nice, yeah. You know, yeah. we're just we're we're just good people. Sure, you know, we try to be good people. You know, but at the end of the day, it is a business. But like you know, it's like nobody wants drama. Yeah, you yeah. know, we want to we want to safe space. We, you know, it's, it's all about <laughs> beer. Yeah, you know, and who doesn't like a good beer? Absolutely. You know, so well, and you guys. In my extensive research, I read your about page, and even in your about page, your your guys are like, "Hey, we're pretty much in the brewery every day brewing beer. So if you want to come by and say hello, you should like say hello to us." And it's true. I walked in to pick up beer the other day, and the brewery is so accessible. It's not hidden away in the back. It is not down an alley uh, or a hallway. It's in the tap room. It's right there. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that adds some, like, if not inclusivity right off the bat, approachability, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are just saying we're approachable. Just come and say hello. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Roger's there more than I am. <laughs> and I'm there a lot. Too. I got a cot in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you walk into the front door, the brewery is immediately to your right. Like, you turn, if you walk in the front door, you take two steps, you turn and look, and there's the brewery to your right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I love about Raj is he does greet almost every single customer that comes in with, Hey, how's it going? Nice. Yeah. And then he'll also, you know, give them like a salutation goodbye and say, thank you for coming. We appreciate you. And that is that approachability. Like we do a lot of conversating with guests as they walk in and as they're leaving, you know, and I think that creates that comfort with guests to where they feel they can come up and talk to us whenever they want. Yeah. Which so, builds community, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Friendships, it builds relationships, it builds community. Yeah. So with that being said, Jeff, you said one thing. Can you name another? <laughs> one thing name we do another is put me on the spot. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, is this is what we do, man. We have we educate, create, and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, we're like the Bartles and James of the beer world. You know? I, I don't know so, which one's Bartles, but it I doesn't, like it. It doesn't even matter. matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have fun, man. We That's, do. Yeah. yeah, as you should. Um, and and every I think craft brewery um, that has started recently has to have something like that to make it. Like you guys say, you opened in 2019, and even by then the competition was fierce enough that if you don't have something extra, something different, um, so. Yeah, I'm sure it's working well for yeah, you Yeah, I mean, in the Sacramento area, last time I looked, there was 85, 90 breweries in the greater Sacramento area, wow. right? Yeah. And when I started back in 2011, I think we were like brewery number seven okay. in Sacramento. So in the 10 years or so, well, actually, no, less than that. It was like eight years. You know, you went from seven breweries to 85. Right in the greater Sacramento area, which is crazy to think of that type of growth in a business. Um, but yeah, now, you know, it's been fairly saturated. So, you know, what makes your brewery stand out? Yeah. Great beer obviously helps. Yep. Right. And then it's what you're doing with your community. Sure. All right, well, let's do this because I want to try some of this great beer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more from Oak Park Brewing and some of their beer in my glass. We'll be talking about that. You're listening to the session. Hang in there. We'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for hanging out with us. You're listening to the session. And we're still hanging out with Oak Park Brewing out of Sacramento, California. We've got Raj and Jeff here. And uh, we just got some of their beer in our glass, which I'm stoked about. Before we get into that, hey, real quick, one of our wonderful sponsors, Beersmith. Go to Beersmith.com. You can get your free 30-day online trial to use their Beersmith brewing software. Tons of the pro brewers, uh, almost every home brewer I know uses it. Tons of the pro brewers are come in here use it you guys use beer smith yes to we this do. to this day see yes. i love that you'd be surprised at how often that happens my friend brad over at beer smith's a good guy he makes a good product check it out go to beersmith.com all right what's the beer i have uh, I, let me say it again what's the delicious beer that i have in my glass right now so this is the uh people's lager okay so we started brewing this beer in 2019 a latter part of 2019 going into 2020 okay it's basically it uh, i'm just i i know a little bit about this brand i know nothing about the beer so i'm gonna take a couple guesses after uh, just after tasting it it's like a pre-prohibition lager right so like more full body less or no rice no rice no rice yeah okay flaked corn flaked corn all right yes but i wouldn't call it it's not like corny right not like a right but um it's a nice, full-bodied, like, American lager. Um, all right, so with that, we'll, and we'll dive more into the beer, too. Do you want to talk about the brand, People's Beer? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about the brand. So uh, for those of you who don't know, so this is the People's Lager. This was part of the People's Brewing Company uh, brand from the, early, the late 1800s to up until now. But uh, okay. The way that we came in contact with the People's Lager in 2020, early mm-hmm. 2020, uh, we wanted to reach out to the Mack family. They were the last owners of the People's Brewing Company before it was torn down. Okay. So we wanted Which was to like the 70s? 1974. When it got torn down, basically? Yeah, they okay. bought it in 1970. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we had any like a meeting or something one day and somebody was like, oh, let's do a collaboration with, you know, the Mac family. And of course we shot our shot, you know, it was going to be hit or miss, Yeah, but we hit the spot <laughs> with, the, with the people's beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we well, ended so up, let me just back up a little bit. Okay. So, so Theodore Mac, we're saying bought the, the people's brewery in like 1970, 1970 and October 10th, October 10th, 1970. He buys the people's brewery. Where is the brewery? Oshkosh, Wisconsin in Wisconsin. And in doing so, he becomes the first black American to own a brewery. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So, and this October 10th day is important. Hold on to that listeners. We're going to talk about that too. Um, Okay. So he takes over the people's beer and, Sounds like only runs it for four or so years. Yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, it's a it's a lengthy story. Okay. Uh, but you know he just dealt with uh, you know a few things like racism, black bagging, yeah, uh, false promises. 
you know, and ba- and and I'll say this, you know, lack of knowledge for running a brewery. Okay. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. In 1974, like I said, they closed down, and this beer was not produced anymore. But the so, brand sat lingering somewhere. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so in uh, the latter part of 2019, early 2020, uh, we decided to reach out to his estate. Uh, at that time, we found out that he passed away a year and a half before. Ah, okay. We made contact, but uh, we put it on the table. We we're like, hey, we want to do a collaboration beer. We want to pay tribute to Mr. Mack, uh, being that he was the first person that we know of. We have documentation that he was the first african-american brewery owner in the united states yeah and uh we wanted to rebrew this beer nice so with uh just building a relationship and them giving us our their blessing yeah uh we released this beer on october 10th 2020 which was the 50th anniversary of the date that he purchased people's brewing company nice so yeah so uh and is it mr max recipe the recipe is actually close to about 100 years old because there were two people on the brewery 50 years before he purchased it. Yeah, okay. So it's super simple. Uh, we act, we had the yeast. The yeast had to be refabricated. Oh, right. So it took about three months to refabricate. <laughs> From where? Brewcate. <laughs> but somebody had plated the yeast or what? Yeah, Why yeast? Yeah. Yes. Why yeast had yeah. plated it. That's yeah. cool. Okay. And, uh, you know, once we had the yeast, we were like, okay, the recipe is super simple. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like you said, when you tasted it, it just tastes like history. Yeah. Something back in the past that was full-bodied, mm-hmm. got flavor, it was dry, it was crisp, it was like definitely sessionable. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, yeah, still an easy drinking lager, but with some yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah, so we're super proud of it, and uh, it's provided a lot of opportunities. Okay. For us, uh, you know, one of the opportunities is having the opportunity to share Theodore Mack's story and sure. his journey with purchasing the brewery. And even in his personal life, I was like, man, he did a lot. Okay. You know, a lot of people don't know that he was a big part of the Civil Rights March in Washington, D.C. He curated all of the transportation for all the individuals that wanted to go from like Wisconsin, basically the state of Wisconsin. Wow. Uh, he's a veteran. Uh, you know, he graduated from Marquette university. Uh, he was a social worker. <laughs> so okay. he did a lot. Yeah. You know, what a legend. It's, yeah. It's a great story, man. So if you ever get a chance to, you know, read about it, definitely pick up whatever book it is. that's telling the story. Yeah. Theodore Mack and, and people's brewery. Yeah. I guess at the time. Yeah. Now it's, people's beer because you're just doing the one we're doing brand? the brand yeah. so it's okay. a people's brand so with the people's brand we have other entities incorporated into it we have the people's icon line okay so when i in the icon line we've worked with uh tupac's estate wow uh, uh sammy uh, davis jr sammy davis jr i was right there i was like i know it's <laughs> sam something yeah. ray otis charles redding. otis redding yeah. oh wow Yes. Yeah, and so, that's doing what with those entities? So uh, they basically wanted to have a beer created. So like somebody saw the Tupac beer and it, it the message or the the act just caught on like wildfire and people wanted to be a part of some type of collaboration with us. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we have people on deck. Nice. I, should I put one of them out there? 
Yeah, let's do it. So, no one listens to this show yeah. anyway. You Wu-Tang. Can, you, they, oh, yeah, nice. You know, so uh, we, we've got a lot of opportunities with the People's Brand. And, of course, Milton Bowens, he curates a lot of the artwork for the People's Icon line or anything People's Brand. Okay. You know, so he's, if you don't know or you haven't seen his artwork, you can check him out on Instagram. Milton Bowens, 510, it's going to blow you away. Once you see his art, no matter where you go, when you see it, you're like, oh, that's Milton. Okay, nice. Yeah. I met him at the pub the other day. Yeah. It was really nice to meet him. Yeah. So th- with the Icon brand, you're putting out a beer for each of these? Is that what it is or something else? It depends on, we have released beers like our Beerish our non-alcoholic beer that's a part of the people's brand okay uh we've also released like an ipa that was real good we need to brew that again (laughs) (laughs) we do yes so yeah so we we, we're we're definitely making a brand so it's going to take some time we're taking baby steps okay but we do get opportunities got it yeah it kind of started in probably i think was it 2020 for february for black history month we ended up partnering with three other black owned breweries in Northern California and we put some pretty impactful activists on the can label and that kind of started it all. People saw that and then they were like, how do I get my picture on there or how do I get, you know, sure, my, my f- story on there and tell my story and, you know, it just kind of snowballed from that first Black History Month collaboration that we did. Okay. So I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it's a compliment. It doesn't seem to me like you guys can produce enough beer for that sort of uh, excitement level and and a movement happening. Is this all coming out of the brewery, out of the pub? Uh, Pretty much. uh, There's some opportunities on the table, so hopefully we can lock them in. To to expand a little bit. Yeah. But but right now, all of those cans, whatever it be, the people's can I'm looking at right now, that's coming out of the brew pub right there. Okay. So you guys are pushing out a lot of beer out of that 10-barrel system. Yeah. No wonder you're there every day. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, we, could, we, could put more, we can't really put more tanks in without, I mean, if you've seen our brewery, it's pretty small and yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of room to grow. Right. Um, so the next step is going to take a fairly hefty decision to make sure. financially on where to go. Right. Do yeah. We fill the side lot up with tanks. Do we build a new brewery somewhere? Right. Do we buy another brewery? Um, See, and right now, that's an interesting question for you guys. If you were another brewery without these cool projects and this outreach happening, I'd say to you, don't do anything. You just keep that brew pub rolling because that's the climate right now. But you guys have a different thing happening. and And I feel like the opportunity to push more out there is maybe... I don't want to just say more lucrative, although that's certain you got to you got to make money too. Um, maybe the right word is more important to be able to put more of it out there. So you guys have a different decision than most brewery owners right now. Most brewery owners would just be looking at the numbers, and the numbers would say stay inside that brew pub, right? Like because growth right now is a little hard to come by. But it with is, these yes. opportunities for you guys, you might have to take a different angle at that. Yeah, I think a lot of it is about the message and the meaning behind the beers that we do and the collaborations that we do. Yeah. And spreading that word, you know, more so than than bottom line of making dollars. But you don't want to make the wrong, you know, that's the other thing. Sometimes people take on too much overhead and and, and then you've you've crushed yourself too. So I don't envy your position, but it's exciting at the same time. You know, it's it's an exciting problem to have that you guys have all these opportunities for beers and collaborations like that that's pretty cool 
Do you have a canning line? No, we use the can van still. Yeah, so the can van still. They, they rock they here rock. for us. Yes. Oh, there's. And we great. will be seeing them tomorrow, tomorrow morning, morning at seven a.m. <laughs> Bright and early tomorrow yep. morning. Yeah. How many barrels do you guys can at once when you guys do that? You know, or I guess you go by cases at that point, don't you? So we do. We can twice a month, basically, and we do about a hundred cases of canning run. Okay. So it's about ten barrels per canning run. Usually, we divide it between two or three styles. Okay. That we have available at that time. I would think that the people's beer is popular enough that it takes up a canning run every time, or at least part of it. We can it at least once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we usually do about 50 to 75 cases of it every month. Okay. And is it on tap at the pub all the time, too? No. No. Not all the time. Okay. Yeah. We wish we could have it more. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. You know, loggers take some time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we go back to the recipe a little bit? You yes. said it's simple. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. Yeah. So we the, can do that. We're here. <laughs> the recipe, um, it's very simple. It's only three uh malts in it or adjuncts um it's six row which i've really six never row. used before right yeah. so you're talking like you said pre-prohibition lager right mm-hmm. yeah it's six row it's munich two and flake corn interesting that's it yeah what's the difference in six row not flavor wise i'm talking like fermentation and stuff did that throw you for a curve is it any does it behave any differently than two row not that i noticed no. okay it's, i mean i think the the kernels are a little smaller right okay. Um, but our mill's pretty tight, and that's why we get our 95% efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so other than that, then, it's just a flavor profile from six row, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Is it hard to get? Is, is, that, is that a normal thing, six row? No, no BSG has plenty. They, yeah. They've never had an issue getting it for us, so. Okay. Yeah. So and six it's not used a lot. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the course of this show, I've heard it three times, I, I want to say, <laughs> you know. And then Munich, you said? Is that the other? Munich 2, yeah. And then Munich 2. And that's it for that. Okay. And hops? Cluster. Cluster. Straight one, the single hop edition. Like from the early 1900s, it was probably one of the more widely grown hops in the Sacramento Valley at that time. Okay. But yeah, Cluster. Interesting. $7 a pound. (laughs) Oh, that's even better. Uh, do you guys use cluster for anything else besides this beer? We do sometimes. Yeah. I can't remember anything. We do now. We use it in no. our Monday Vibes Blonde Ale. So we use it as a bittering hop right. now that we have it. Um, we used to solely use Magnum. Okay. Um, but now, since we use it in Peoples, we have started using it in some of our other light beers as the bittering hop. Okay. $7 a pound. For, refer- <laughs> for reference... What's mosaic-ish? On, on our hop contract, it's like fifteen fifty a pound. <laughs> That's what I thought. So I'm like, Cluster's a great bittering hop now all of a sudden. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> what do you need? You need alpha acid, and that's it. What's yep. the average alpha of, of your Cluster, do you know? It's like 7, 6 or somewhere in that range. <laughs> Call Mid me Magnum. Sevens. It's fine. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it works. It's a clean bitterness that it doesn't have any weird funkiness yeah. to it like Chinook okay. might or CTZ might and yeah. Magnum's pretty clean too which is why we always use Magnum but yeah, sure yeah. yeah lots of people do mm-hmm. and then how about this yeast that they had to grow up for you did that give you any trouble or is just or is just kind of a standard lager yeast no it didn't give us any trouble they did all the work yeah, <laughs> yeah getting it we back okay. it. yeah well, I reached no. out to Y yeast and said hey we're looking for this particular yeast strain because I couldn't find it anywhere no local or not i should say no local but no yeast propagator manufacturer whatever you want to call them had it 
and so Yeast said they had it in their yeast bank. Wow. And so I was like, hey, you know, we want, you know, like a 10-barrel pitch of this. And they were like, well, it's going to take like three months to get it ready for you. And I said, okay, that's fine. Just get it ready for us. And when it's ready, send it out and then yeah. we'll make the beer at that point. Wow. Okay. And and other than that, it behaved like a normal lager yeast? Okay. Yeah. And you guys don't have do – do you use like tasty method of lagering, like speed things up at all? Or are you very traditional slow lager? We – try to lager six to eight weeks um we usually start fermentation around 48 degrees okay and kind of let it run about two weeks at that temperature okay and then um we've tried different methods after that where we kind of let it free rise to 55 for diacetyl rest but then we've also talked to people at like beer stock out in denver that mm-hmm. makes phenomenal lagers and yeah we they, have one of theirs on they tap do now. a different method where they actually drop the temperature instead of doing the diacetyl rest so interesting yeah so did you guys try that too we did yeah i didn't notice any real difference in the flavor profile of the beer but is yeah. that drop of theirs an actual diacetyl drop or it's just something they do i think it's just something they do in the lagering process of the beer okay okay yeah. great brewery by the way super yes. proud we're one of the only places in california on the west coast to have their beer on tap right now yes did you get to try it at gabf raj which one? The, Beer Stout Lager House. Man, there were so many beers. <laughs> I didn't drink a yeah. lot of beers. You know, most Smart. of the time I was working. Okay, we'll try but, one uh, before we leave. Then, yeah, we've so. got their Oktoberfest yeah. on. Okay, so, nice. yeah, that's what he sent us. I mean, it's no slow pour pills or anything that they do, but uh, yeah, if you don't know Beer Stat, check them out. They're good people and and good beer. Uh, well, that's a great lager. Uh, super clean, really nice. It's clear that you guys spent some time on it. You didn't rush through it. Um, which is probably painful sometimes to watch one of your very few tanks just sit there full for six weeks. <laughs> yeah, yep. typically we have two yeah. tanks going simultaneously with it. So okay. we have eight tanks total. So, so you've two got of those to are sort pretty of, much tied up with people's all the time. So to do that, you probably have to stack up all your other beers for quite a while so yeah. that you can get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We play Tank Tetris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you did mention that you could, you know, just to explore, just to brainstorm together, you could put some tanks outside and such. One of the cool things about your spot in Oak Park there is you're on a corner, like a triangle corner. So you got a cool, very large, I, I consider it large, beer garden, uh, out, yeah, outdoor space, a decent-sized indoor space, and then potentially, I guess, room to put tanks outside of the building. Is that what, is that an option? It, it's it's been talked about uh at the end of the day you got to do what's best for the bottom line but i would hate to see the mural mm. on the side of the building mm-hmm. destroyed and then we lose that space for so yeah <laughs> i don't know if you got to yeah. see it when you came down <laughs> yeah when you open the when you walk in the front door to the right we have a side lot we call it our side lot yeah it's about yard 30 40 feet by a 200 feet yeah and we do a lot of like private events out there catered events music shows things like that got it um and that's where we would plan to put the new tanks if we got them makes sense So then we just got to cut a hole in the wall and then run it right there but you know with that comes new glycol chillers new boilers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our glycol chiller is probably 50 years old not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) it works great but it can't handle any more tanks and things like that so right then you get into that aspect and you're like okay well now you know it's not as simple as putting two tanks outside right now you got to invest in your glycol chiller Mm -hmm. you got to replumb everything you got to put the tanks outside 
And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity at this point in time with other breweries to where they have extra space or they may not make it through the next year because COVID was extremely difficult on a lot of breweries. Absolutely. To where that's another option, right? Yeah. Versus building your own because building your own is going to take you two years Mm -hmm. to build. And, you know, at that point, you're not producing any beer during those two years either. Right. It's it's funny, not funny, the domino effect of these decisions, right? You know, from the outside, you just go, oh, yeah, you guys just need more fermenters. Yes. No problem. And But no, it's a full-on domino effect. It is, yeah. yes. There's a lot of extra things that go into account. You have to take into account when putting even one tank in at some breweries, right? One tank changes your glycol flow, which then, you know, you got to replumb things. And, you know, it's all about planning and trying to think forward. So that way, when you do have to make these things changes, you can without impacting too much of your operations. Absolutely. All right. How about we do this? Because I want some more of your beer. We're going to take another quick break. Um, When we come back, more from Oak Park Brewing. We've got a lot of beer to try and more to talk about. Uh, Particularly, we haven't even gotten into the MB2A yet, which is a whole new uh, project and organization that uh, I know Raj's been heavily involved in. I got to learn about it um, for the first time for me at uh, Great American Beer Festival, actually. So we're going to talk about that and lots of other things. Also, an event that you guys are putting on um, next weekend. So hang in there. You're listening to the session, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening to the session here on the Brewing Network, and we're still hanging out with Oak Park Brewing. We've got Jeff and Raj in the studio, and uh, we're about to try some more beer. Um, this one, a collaboration beer, I do believe, with uh, Sudwerk. Is that right? It's with the uh, UC Davis Master Brewers Certification Program. Uh, okay, out of you. Yep. Out in conjunction Davis, with, I mean. yeah, in conjunction with Sudworks and Oak Park Brewing Company. Got it. Okay, and this is called the American. The American. Yeah, let me do the. I'll do the can on the camera over here. Uh, and what is this? Uh, Amber L. All right. So tell me the nature of the project. So we uh, ended up speaking at UC Davis two years ago. Um, and we were just talking about how Oak Park's involved in collaborations and community and how we are building our brand. Hmm. And through that conversation, we ended up offering the UC Davis Brewers program to come out and, and just watch us during a brew day, get some hands-on experience because they don't theoretically get a lot of commercial experience in the brewing program, right? Sure. It's a lot of book knowledge. They brew on like a pilot system. They have a nice pilot system. Very nice still pilot not system. a pro yes. yeah, environment. And so yeah. we invited them out. They came out. And then we ended up talking to them about doing a collab at that point in time. And so we did a collab last year with them. Well, we brewed it over two days. We split the class in half. And um, then for this year, we ended up partnering with Sudwork because they're in Davis. They are adjoined with the Brewers program there in Davis. They share the same building. Great brewery phenomenal brewery brewery of the year last year at gabf so yeah yeah um and so this year we ended up splitting the class in half okay and saying one day at Sudwork, half of you guys go to Sudwork, half of you guys come to oak park nice we're gonna brew the same base style beer um and just see how they differ between davis water profile and their system and oak park 
water and our system. Sounds like a competition to me. Slight. It was. If I'm in that class, Slight. I'm like, oh, I'm on team. <laughs> you know, I'm team. Oh yeah, Ro- Raj hyped it up. He yeah, got yeah. he got our team chanting for nice. Oak Park. And, yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I would. Our do. team bought into it, and it was it was a lot of fun. The beers turned out both very delicious, but different because they dry hopped their beer, and we didn't end up dry hopping our beer. So I'm drinking yours. Yes. yes. It's absolutely delicious. Before I get into how delicious it is, though, who did the artwork on the can? So that was actually by one of the uh, the uh, participants in the in the class program. Yeah, yeah. So they had somebody else curate the artwork. So I don't know the exact. It should be on the can somewhere, but I don't it's know the exact. Yeah. Fucking fantastic because. And I, I've put it, if you're watching YouTube or you can go to our YouTube page and check it out, I've put it on there uh, so you can see on the video. The bear just has this look, this I know something look, and he's probably <laughs> a little drunk, but you're not sure about it. He's got a beer in he his hand. He does have a beer in his hand, He's yes. got a smile on his face. He maybe is about to eat you or maybe wants to share a beer with you. It's just great art. It's really, it's cool. Yeah, and I think it embraces what goes on in Davis. A lot of people ride bikes. Yep, it's got that. In Davis. And, uh, the hops in there. You know, a lot of the participants in the program, they're from all around the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, just to get a chance to work with the work with the uh, students or the uh, yeah, scholars. Yeah, most of our class was from, from Anheuser-Busch, InBev, in Brazil. They okay. paid to have 10 or 12 of their employees come up and take the program at uc davis so yeah yeah i've heard that that's kind of a common thing for anheuser-busch uh, around the world like you said to to come there so well that's cool though to get a little diverse crew like that of and different beer knowledge mm-hmm. so okay amber ale not not my style we get people coming to hop grenade still asking for amber ales like one every you know three weeks i'd carry this amber ale. this is fantastic mm-hmm. This, to me, it's a bit more, it's kind of like Tasty's Brown Ale, right? Like he put a little twist on it where it got a little hoppier, got a little different, it's a little new age. And that's how I interpret this beer. It's not a brown ale, but I mean like new age yeah. amber ale. Yeah, so uh, I'm a, I am definitely like reds and browns. You okay. know, those are some of my go-tos. And uh, when they decided to brew an amber, you know, we had a lengthy conversation on the recipe and what you guys want to do because we were like we're going to do whatever you guys want us to do okay but they were open to our input and feedback good yeah you know so when they were like well it it needs to be a little like they they on their palate system their beer came in a a lot darker okay so the srm they're like it's got to be this they wanted they wanted it like that or they wanted they wanted to be a little lighter so we're like oh yeah yeah but we got caught up on one thing, and you know, I I was just like, dude, it's like, <laughs> I was like, don't worry about that. We got that, you know. The like, class, you mean, gets caught yeah, up on, yeah. No, but it was one of those things. We we were talking about the beer, but we were like, eh, you know, we can we'll make that happen. Okay. But they were like, no, we got to do this. You're like, we got we that. got you guys. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But uh, but you know, and that's that's the beautiful part about doing a collaboration. It's a true collaboration if everybody has their input. And yeah. the final product comes out the way that everybody wants it to turn out. Sure, you know. So, but uh, this is one of the best ambers I've had in so long. A little slight toffee to it. Yeah, but it's not like a cloying sweet toffee. It's just back there. It's like it's almost like you like you had a little coffee this morning. It's like way back there. Um, I think really dry. 
yep. and crisp at the same time. So you're getting some amber sweetness in there without it hanging around. I would say it's hoppy, but it's not bitter. I think I'm just getting uh, hop character kind of on top of that toffee, which makes it a little brighter. Like yeah. the hop character is bright, whereas the toffee's like, okay, I got a little coffee toffee. It's delicious. Yeah. What are the hops in it? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, well. Do you remember? I mean, was it a cascade? I was going to say, they're like seas, Cascade sea or hops. Centennial, we one stuck, of the two. We stuck yeah. with the seas. That's what we, it tastes we like. Wanted it, we wanted, you know, it's like one of the things we stressed, we were like, okay, if you're dry hopping it, it's not too style. So yeah, we yeah. wanted to keep it to a traditional, like, amber ale. So I'm pretty, I think it was, think cascade, it was cascade for now sure. that you mention it, yeah. And maybe like Centennial, yeah. okay, and one other hop, okay. So, but you know, as far as like dry hopping, we were like, let's brew it to style, so sure. we know what it tastes like. And what about the malt? How did you get that body and flavor without it being sweet? So they curated the recipe. I can't remember; it's, it's been a while, so everything's starting to run together. I can't yeah, remember okay. exactly the recipe, but it was they created the recipe amongst the full class. Yeah. And, uh, they so yeah, it was the same like, base recipe yeah. at both, For both facilities. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's but, delicious. Uh, yeah, so it was interesting to taste them side by side. Did it you guys was, use yeah. the same yeast in each brewery? We did. We actually yeah. provided Sudwork with our Calil yeast because they okay. don't use it very often there. How dare they? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a really delicious amber. Like I said, I think the best one I've had in a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank it's you. just it's. It's like old school, new school. I don't know how else to describe it because it's 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 old school in the way that it tastes exactly like an amber should, but it, without all the sweetness. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we do get with our higher efficiency, and we typically mash drier. So I think our beers tend to finish out drier. We still get are able to get malt character out of it. Okay, but they tend to dry out more so than we would expect them to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Can I ask you another Sudwerk question? Of course. I think you know what I'm going to ask. The People's Lager. Ooh. Don't they have People's Pills or something? Yeah, it's a great beer. Do you it's mind me? Fantastic I should have asked you yeah. off air if I'm allowed to ask this question. Not only is it a fantastic beer, it's won gold. Like I don't think it won this year. for the. It won it two years year, in yeah. a row or something. Uh, I absolutely love that beer. And yes. I only just thought of this yesterday because I was thinking about you guys coming here. And we don't have to stay on this if you don't want to. But I was thinking about you guys coming here. And then I, I, I had also mentioned Sudwork to someone who works here. And they were like, wait, yeah, the People's Beer. Didn't you just bring in People's Beer from, from Oak Park? And I hadn't put two and two together like that. Is there any issue there? You guys just figure that stuff out? No. Trent, Trent and I go back probably 10 years at this point in time. Yeah. He's a phenomenal owner, great yeah, person, he's good great. friend of mine. Yeah. And, you know, we just had conversations about it. Okay. <clears throat> you know, we talked about it, and we're cool with everyone kind of running their own thing, Good. doing their own thing with it. And theirs is different than our brand. And They you definitely know, look different on the shelf. Yeah. It's only one little brand of theirs, although it's That's their a big most brand successful of theirs, yeah. <laughs> beer. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But, no, we both have just kind of talked about it. and Okay, good. And have come to, like, a mutual agreement that we both can do what we need to with our brands, and we're not going to – step on anyone's toes or have any issues with it and you know that's kind of the bigger picture of the brewing industry right it's a yeah. lot of collaboration it's a lot of relationships and it's a lot of people working together yeah to make things happen so good i'm glad to hear that and i didn't expect a different answer but also even in the brewing industry 
People are nice, nice, nice until it comes to their brand. And I'm that way about my hop grenade, too, by the way. Although even then, I'm, I'm nice when I tell you to stop using it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it just whenever it gets to brands, it can be strange. Um, all right. It can, and it happens, you know, but. Every now and then. Every now and then, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a delicious beer. So thanks for sharing that. Um, all right. I wanted to talk about the NB2A, and of course, I've been using the acronym the the acronym the entire show. So there's a whole host of people who have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, do you want to help me uh, help us understand what that is? Yeah. So the uh, NB2A stands for the National Black Brewers Association. Okay. So uh, which is N- brand new, right? BBA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for the one yeah. B, the two, and the A. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so uh, as of May 2023, we launched the National Black Brewers Association. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm super proud that it's, 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 it's activated. Mm-hmm. Now, it's something that I was talking about way before I started commercial brewing. You know, it's like on my trek to look for black brewery owners, black brewers, uh, just reaching out to other people that I found that were home brewers, uh, commercial brewers, uh, black brewery owners. You know, we were always like, man, we need to do something to come together, pull everybody together. Sure. So we can work as a team to accomplish, you know, like business ownership, mm-hmm. you know, bringing people of color into the industry, uh, educating people on beers, you know, uh, creating resources, uh, you started talking about equity and diversity inclusion mm-hmm. you know so it was a conversation that has been it's been had like over the years even before me okay you know people have tried to set things up and it just didn't work and just so happened this time it's taken off got it yeah and was that just sort of the right combination combination of people together to to help launch it or what do you think made it finally take off for you so one person made it pop off okay it what i was talking about doing i talked about it for three years and they made it happen in two and a half months okay you know so uh with that being said it's 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 up and rolling so mm-hmm. you know no i'm like let's go yeah 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 everybody's here so there was a number of people we were all having the same conversations but we weren't working together mm-hmm. so uh over a short short period of time we've all come together and we're having these conversations now you know, because like ultimately, like we're like any minority in the craft beer industry, all together we're less than one percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, but like right now, everybody wants to be a part of that. It's like equity's there. How can we get to that equity? And uh, you know, just. And, and this is, in my opinion, just a, on a side note. Sure. If you keep people out, you're missing out on a lot of things. Heck yeah, you know, you Different are. cultures bring different things to the table. And with the National Black Brewers Association, even though we're black for it, we're inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we're willing to work with any and everybody that needs help. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's something new uh, we're building. I'm super excited for the next two or three years to come because we're actually going to be doing work not saying that they're not doing work now but it is yeah they're like an infant right now sure so in the next year year and a half two years 
Who we knows? should be taking those. We should be getting our Frankenstein steps, on, <laughs> you know, trying to get our legs yeah. to where they need to be. Well, it sounds to me, you know, you were saying how stuff that you've been talking about for three years, and then it, it kind of got finally get got pushed forward in, in two months. You know, um, what is the the? I'm going to mess up the the slogan, but like perfection is the is the enemy of progress, right? And mm-hmm. I and I'm guilty of this in so many things. We're like. I think sometimes, even though everyone's around working on it, if it's not just right, well, we didn't do this yet, well, we didn't do that yet, so let's not start it, right? And sometimes you got to just start. You just got to hit the ground and go for it. And you can fix it all later, right? And so it sounds to me like it finally got going, and now you're like, all right, we'll see what happens, because it's just a couple months old, a few months old, and there's a lot to work out. But I will tell you, my introduction to the MB2A at the GABF was awesome and so positive. And the message was very similar, if not the same, that you just gave me, which was, hey, everybody's invited. We started this organization because it was needed, but now everybody's invited. And that was a message I got, like, loud and clear. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's, you know, even in a short amount of time, we've accomplished a lot. Nice. Yeah. You know, uh, as of August... 2023 uh there was a second version of the black is beautiful campaign launched mm-hmm. yeah. which uh mb2a helped make that happen yeah and uh a portion of the proceeds are going to go back to the national black brewers association great also in that same month uh we were able to pass black brewers day in hey. california i think in new york Louisiana and a few other states and uh you know I didn't see that coming but it happened but it happened and I'm glad that it's happened so it's um, synonymous that that date falls on October 10th there it is all right yeah the day that Theodore Mack purchased or opened the doors to the People's Brewing Company yeah you know so uh as of October 3rd <laughs> this past so two Tuesday, days ago yeah. two days ago yeah it's wow. official uh there's a proclamation put in in a few states to where we can now recognize National Black Brewers Day so that's what 10th. I was going to ask you you just used the word so we're calling it National Black Brewers Day but it's only recognized so far, of course. In, in a few states. In a handful of states. Okay, yes. California being one of them, right? California, New cool. York, Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we have two more states to go. Once those two states are in, then we can take it national. Nice. National, national. I love that, yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, in a short amount of time, we've, like I said, we've accomplished a lot. Uh, the board members are, I call them the... The all-star, mm-hmm. <laughs> the all-star team. Uh, Marcus Baskerville, you know, he's yeah, a weathered board souls member. in Texas. There, he started the uh, Black is Beautiful campaign. Uh, he was assisted by the Brewers Association, which they're a part of the National Black Brewers Association. They're kind of being a mentor, like a supporter. Great behind the scenes. Uh, we got Celeste Beatty, mm-hmm. Holland Brewing, Holland Brewing Company South. Uh, out of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. You got Garrett Oliver. Yeah. The icon. From if if Garrett's not on there, there's a problem. Yeah, he's been yeah. doing this for so, so long. There's some heavy hitters uh, on the board. Nice. You know, so uh, we're just looking to move forward and put some work in. You yeah. Know, what that work looks like right now, I will probably find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's an opportunity to be 
on the board, but yeah, I will be recognized as an advisory board member. So, uh, so you guys yeah. have a meeting tomorrow where that's happening. So too, yeah, so. we yeah. have a conference call tomorrow yeah. with all of the advisory board mm-hmm. members that are prospects. Okay. So yeah. And then this beer festival that you guys are doing next weekend, it's, it's, uh, October 14th. Yes. Is that part of the NBBA too? So that's an Oak Park event. Okay. It will eventually morph into something, an entity under the MB2A blanket or umbrella, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, With that event, we're going to work in conjunction with the National Black Brewers Association. And we're also going to pay tribute to Mr. Theodore Mack. Yeah, yeah. Always. uh, We're going to recognize the past, the present, and the future of you know black people in the craft beer industry and minorities uh the coolest thing about our events they're always diverse okay yeah so like this year we focused on minority on you know beverage vendors so when i say beverage beverage vendors because we're going to have beer Mm -hmm. wine cider nice we're going to have kombucha. Okay, yeah. We're going to have coffee. Yeah. And we're going to have non-alcoholic beverages. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different approach on having a an event of celebration. Sure. You know, so we want to, you know, it's like include everybody. You know, it's like even if you're not a minority-owned business, if you're doing the work and your values line up sure. with what we're doing, Come on, let's go. Yeah. You're an ally. Let's make this happen because uh, one day you're going to need some support. And who better to call than Oak Park Brewing Company? There we go. Nice. So, all right, before we move on, because I want to talk more about the event itself, make sure everybody knows how to do that. Uh, if anybody wants to get involved in the MB2A, where can people go for that? So, yeah, you can check uh, the National Black Brewers Association out at www nb2a.org it'll have all the information we have opened up the uh, website to membership so if you're a home brewer uh, commercial brewer uh, commercial brewery owner Mm -hmm. or anybody in the industry that wants to be a part of it you know there's there's a place for you at the national black brewers association excellent all right so go check that out and i'm i'm excited just to see the growth and what's happening next okay and then just so everyone has the information about your event on the 14th, what's it called? Yeah, it's called the People's Beer Festival. Nice. <laughs> what do go. you call it, Jeff? <laughs> the People's Beer Festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we, we changed up the name this year. Uh, the former name was the People's Harvest Time Jubilee, which I put a lot of thought and effort into that name. <laughs> So okay. when I hear people call it the Jubilee, I'm like, yeah, yeah you're there in the yeah. beginning. Okay. But anyway, uh, one thing that we noticed last year, nobody knew what it was. Yeah. So yeah. they like, so it was either brew festival or beer festival. Yeah. So I'm I'm cool with the name, and everybody knows what it is now. So, so the problem was that no one knows what a jubilee is. Let's just get to the bottom of this right it now. It didn't have Jubil- beer festival. Yeah, it didn't it. have beer festival or brew festival. Right. Yeah, oh, there you, you know, you. and uh, you know, and, and, and I got it. You know, typically, 
like setting up these events. It takes a team. Uh, but I see where you were going because you just described that it's not just beer. So you were trying to be more inclusive by not calling it a beer festival. It's the problem with marketing sometimes is that our best efforts can just, no one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, <laughs> it was still... all about sowing seeds and yeah, reaping yeah. the benefits, you know. So it's all about the people, the harvest. Mm-hmm. The celebration. Sure, sure. So, in short, now it's a people beer festival. Okay, yeah. You know, so, people beer festivities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it still works. Yeah. You know. And where can people go to get tickets for so that? So, you can go on Eventbrite. Uh, your keyword or your search word is going to be the People's Beer Festival. There you go. Uh, you can also go on to the uh, People's Beer Fest dot com okay and they'll they'll have more information on there and uh this isn't just a one-day event so we're going to have events throughout the week starting on october 10th okay which is going to be national black brewers day yeah what are you doing for that uh we're figuring it out okay we're going to do something (laughs) so keep it we're going to keep you posted if i and i i'm thinking about doing something on instagram just reaching out to a bunch of people throughout the United States and say, you know, I just want them to be able to jump in for like a few seconds and say, hey, happy National Black Brewers Day yeah, from yeah. so-and-so brewing company in Wisconsin or Florida or, you know, Massachusetts or whatever. Yeah. And it's, you know, just a couple of seconds. We did a flash mob like, what, a year and a half ago? And it was cool. Okay. Because yeah. like people were just jumping on from everywhere across <laughs> nice. the country. And uh, just to have that and post it up and just to hear chimes in, it's going to be great. So you're starting yeah. the festivities on the 10th. It's gonna you're gonna do stuff probably every day till the 14th. So we'll Thursday start on the 10th night, yeah. Thursday night, which will be the 12th. We're gonna have the Black Label Art Showcase at the Brickhouse Art Gallery in Oak Park. So uh, we're gonna have a DJ there. We're gonna have can label art and nice. uh, a few other pieces of art. Then we're going to have a bottle share. Okay. So with that being said, uh, there's going to be a few board members in town for all of these events. It, it gives you a chance to come out and meet possibly Garrett Oliver, Celeste, uh, Marcus Baskerfield, uh, nice. John Renthrop from Cajun Fire. Uh, it's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Friday, there's going to be a black film festival. This is going to be dope. So they're going to be showcasing film festivals for the 50th anniversary of hip hop and also showcasing films from the beer world. So you got oh, nice. the new Black is Beautiful film, which is it focuses on Ma- Marcus Baskerfield and yeah. his journey with the Black is Beautiful campaign. And also they're going to be showing One Pint at a Time, which was produced by Aaron Jose, is it Jose? It's Jose. All right, because yes. it's spelled with an H. And I'm like, oh, am I <laughs> yeah. pronouncing it right? <laughs> right. Great guy. Uh, so he's going to be there. We're going to have uh, Clint Lanier, the author of The Rise and Fall of People's Brewing Company. He's going to be in town for the event. Wow. Yeah, so there's a couple of special guest artists that are going to show up. We're going to have Christopher Martin from Kid and Play. He's going to be in town. Wow. Uh, cocaine from the Dog Pound. Uh, of course, we just signed uh, Digital Underground on to shut up, shut out or shut down our event on, on the fourteenth. On the fourteenth, I so, gotta, I want to go. And just then there for was um, was it Alonzo from Alonzo NWA? from the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew uh, yeah. You know, and he's he's synonymous with being with the NWA. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's there's other people that are going to be in town. If you like basketball, Mr. Rob Archie's curating that. So wow. come okay. through. You're going to heck yeah. Gonna yeah. See some heavy hitters. Is so. there a place that like a central place for information? Is that through the Oak Park Brewing? No, you want to go to the People's Beer Fest. Okay. Webpage. And yeah, even the side com. events will kind of be on there everything too. Yeah, you be, buy, even on Eventbrite. Yeah, you can you'll get see an all-inclusive ticket for like a hundred bucks that gets okay. you into like everything. all of these events. Heck yeah! yeah. Okay. After parties, after parties, after everything. after parties, and yeah. so can I just yeah. park my RV at the brewery you could, yes, or because yeah, yeah. I'm like ready to go right no, now? Justin, <laughs> you come down, you're good to go. We got you. Look, I'm happy to pay. I just want to sleep in my RV. No, we got a whole side lot. It's gated. It's locked. You'll Amazing. Yeah, you're good, man. Just sounds you can like sleep a... in the basement like I do. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's a cot <laughs> down there for yeah. it. That's perfect. Yeah. It's warm, you know. The boiler's <laughs> the going. Boiler's the glycol chiller's going. <laughs> That's great. I run cold. It'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, that sounds like a great week. Um, that's that's really exciting. And and, then, and, and just to finish yeah. it off, so on Saturday the 14th we have our main event. Uh, the after party is going to be at Slim and Huskies, which is right across the street. Uh, and there's going to be after party at Fixins after the Black Film Festival. So Sunday morning, mm. we're going to have a brunch at Oak Park Brewing Company. Okay. So and that's going to entertainment's going to be by Adrian Bellu. He's a a guitar finger tapping technician. He's amazing. So. That's how we're going to end it off, and I'll be on a plane flying to Nashville, Nashville. at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> on Sunday. You did forget one. Oh, you event. messed that up. Which, which event did I forget, Jeff? You forgot the Fixin's beer and pairing, pairing with on, Marcus and Celeste. On Friday yeah. night. Oh, nice, on Friday. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there's a lot of stuff there's going on. There's a lot of on. stuff going on, but yeah. yeah. So it's easy to forget. It is. You know? But yeah, no, Roger's taking off. It wasn't necessarily his choice to leave yeah. Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is flying to Nashville for round two. I mean, yeah, Nashville's man. fun anyway, so you're going from one fun week to another, I He's hope? going for like one day. A couple of days. Okay. In Nashville. Days. But yeah. then he's going to journey on his way to do some other things so yeah okay yeah i'm excited for him thank you jeff it's yeah. been four it's been years, four years. <laughs> <laughs> all right give me the main website again that everyone can get okay you people's can go beer fest people's beer com, or you can go. go to Eventbrite and keyword the people's beer festival in sacramento california on october 14th 2000 23 there we go plus all the surrounding events check it out i'm gonna be there for at least some of them i have an event here on the 14th that i'm already scheming ways i can get out of so i'm hoping to be there with you guys all right we're running out of time but uh we have a couple things left to do for one we have another beer in our glass that's delicious so let's talk about that before we get into a get to know my guests round okay Okay. Uh, if you guys are cool with that but what's this beer so the final beer we have today is beer is black history it was our black history month collaboration for 2023 with drought season um it is an imperial stout with coconut pecan and cacao nibs at nine point nine percent alcohol there it is 9.9 which it does not taste like 9.9 it also does not overly taste like um coconut cacao or um what's the nut you just said the uh pecans Pecans. but they're all in there but not one of them like is the oh thanks for the coconut they're all pretty well balanced i i call raj the tweaker 
That's me. <laughs> Not <laughs> in a bad way, but in a very good way. Concord, we have different ones, but tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> well, Raj has an amazing palate, and he likes to tweak a lot of our beers where we use adjuncts. Okay. To get them to where they're they are pretty well balanced between all the flavors, right? He doesn't necessarily want one flavor to dominate everything, right? He yeah. will tweak it until he gets it to where he think it thinks it's very well balanced between all of them. So And all three of these, by the way, especially coconut, Thanks, can yeah. easily be overpowering. Yeah. They can, yes. So that's yeah. a skill that you the tweaker has some skill, the right? The tweaker here. has some skill. <laughs> right, yeah, this this is what, delicious. What do we call it? Well we changed the name though from tweaker to like what? Flavor master or flavor mixer uh, or something, something like that. a little more positive. <laughs> call me chocolate weirdo. <laughs> that, that's your name for yourself. Yeah, that's gonna be something. I got to use that for something. It's the for chocolate something. weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the can is cool. I just showed it up on our YouTube page if you guys want to see it. But no, this is a delicious beer. So, so you know, you're, you're like, oh, I don't really like porters. I'm not a big imperial stout fan. Okay, this is fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it's you know with this collaboration we. Reached out to what did we do some with the other three breweries? No, the, yes, okay, you know, we did. Yeah, they we did, did it with uh, so we did Montclair, Montclair Brewing Company, Helicoastal, and Full Circle, and Full Circle. So okay, this was like a quadruple like collaboration. And uh, nice, yeah, we all brewed different beers for this mixed four pack, and but uh, used the same base label that said yeah. beer is black history yeah because we were we were thinking of you know we we're trying to come up with something that that slogan is just amazing i'm like yeah it just pops when you see it it's just to the point it's a great slogan yeah beer is black history and you know it the slogan itself stands out to me right now because it's something that celeste said at the so i did a panel at the great american beer festival and celeste was on it there and her point was how historical beer is in black Americans lives and she was saying it in in a way that we all agreed she's like you don't know this but beer is not new to black culture and it never has like it's been around since the beginning and then she talked about home brewing and community brewing and all of that and I was like so beer is black history it's the same so it's it's just for me it's fresh in my mind coming coming off of that talk with celeste yeah yeah and it's it's just in your face yeah yeah, you know, yeah. so Great we, we couldn't come up with anything so i was like well, i don't that. know was it me or whoever hey maybe let's reach out to drought season and <laughs> see yeah. if they want to do a collaboration i mean it should be a year-round brand for them or you or somebody because yeah, it's well, that, fantastic that's their slogan so yeah, yeah. when you see that that's yeah. drought season and it's ironic because they reached out to us to do a collaboration before this okay but after doing my due diligence and talking to my you know my mentor and coach and he said he wouldn't do it just because it was you know, a lot of politics you do, know and i was just like okay we can't do we can't do that but yeah it opened yeah. up the door to do this collaboration i see okay yeah. keep yeah. it simple keep it beer yeah yeah keep it beer yeah yeah that makes sense yeah well it's a delicious beer all of them were fantastic i appreciate you. you guys being here to talk about all this with me uh by the way you can go to op bruco op brucio opbruco.com learn more about oak park brewing they got a great website um you can learn about them their events uh the menus on there you name it um so go check it out at opbruco.com you guys want to do a little get to know the brewers with me yeah 
I like ending the shows this way nowadays. Let's go. I get to ask non-beer questions and find out some things about you guys, and uh, I think our listeners like it too. We get to we get to learn some new things. Uh, you know, we're going to start with some simple stuff, right? I'm probably going to ask you both. I might direct it at one of you. Both of you can answer this though. What's your uh, What's your most frequently used emoji right now? What do you What do you emoji people the most? The thumbs up. The thumbs up. Yeah. Mine's between that and the and the rock fingers. Okay, you know, but it's there's a lot of thumbs up. Lots of thumbs up. It's almost embarrassing how many thumbs up I, I use. I, well, think, I right? do that in a lot of like the thank you praise. Oh, the thank you praise. Yeah, I got to compliment our staff. There you, know, you go. I've taken yeah. over GM roles of the restaurant. So okay, yeah. When people step up, I got to say thank you, <laughs> and, the, and the thank you praise yeah. comes on there. So it's a silly question, but I like thinking about like a person's personality and how they emoji. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the one I've been using more lately is the... The point finger. Yeah. That's the, a, you can say, you rock or you suck. It's all context. But it's all been positive. Yeah, It's all context. But no, that's, that's been my go-to lately. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is a new one. Uh, I put it in here partly because I'm a car guy, but also because I think... Your first car kind of says a lot about your history in life. So what was your first car? That we drove or that we purchased? (laughs) That's a great question. Open-ended question. So so either. The first car I got, this is a great way that you put it, Jeff, was a, a, nobody who knows me will be surprised, a very shitty, like 1970-something Chevy Nova. But I never drove it, so that's, that's an a good amazing point. car. Though I would take that car today with a heartbeat. This was four doors. It doesn't and matter. Like... <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was my first car, but it never hit the pavement. So that's a great clarification you made. So did somebody give it to you, or did yeah. you just? Okay. My dad brought it home with a blown up engine, and he said, uh, "You can fix this, right?" And I was like, "Maybe I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> sure, give me like a thousand dollars to buy yeah. a new engine. I'll yeah. put it in there. <laughs> it never got fixed. That's what happened. So, and that's the only car ever got bought for me. My dad was—he's wow. one of those. My dad was a "you work for it" guy. So he yeah. gave the thing he gave me. I still had to work for, but I never built an engine before. So yeah. let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did he work for that Nova, or did somebody give it to him? <laughs> Someone totally gave it yes, to him. A hundred percent, it was given to him. Yeah, great yeah. questions. Oh man, Dad, you didn't work for it. <laughs> nope. you know? What was? Uh, I wasn't smart enough to do that, Roger. I was like, yeah. I'll just take it, Dad. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, was your first... body design? Was like amazing. I love that body design yeah, on yeah, that car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What was your first car? Right? So, just so happened, my first car. Happened to be a blue Chevette, henceforth, yeah. Oak Park Brewing Company's Little Red Chevette. Oh, yeah. nice. Because I was a Prince fan. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, yeah, so that was my first car. But the crazy story behind that car, I had a, a schoolmate that eventually became a friend. His dad gifted him a 1976 Corvette. Okay. So that's the bicentennial, like, Corvette. That's a collector's item. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, he would always approach me, and we weren't friends yet. Hey, man, I heard you had a vet. You want to race for titles? (laughs) 
I was like, no, nah, man, you can't nah. handle it. So my car was a shove it. Mm-hmm. You had to shove it to start it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I was like, no, nah, man, you ain't ready for this. Yeah. You know, but eventually we became friends and we had laughs after that. There we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. And the, yours, Jeff? The first car that I purchased yeah. was a 1967 Camaro. <laughs> there we go. Which I sold literally six months after getting it because the frame was oh no welded in like four spots and the guy that i took it to said it's not worth you putting money into mm-hmm. and so then i ended up buying a 20, 20 2002 chevy silverado which i still okay. drive to this day is it's that cool. right yep. we rode that jewel that, here to we not <laughs> today but we've taken it on many road yeah, trips yeah. yes you still, that's hard 2002 okay so, yeah. okay yeah i like it so a question on the car so the guy <laughs> that told you it was welded in four parts what did you do with the car? I sold it to a mechanic. Not that Not guy. Not him. Okay. But some other <laughs> mechanic who has the time and ability to fix a frame that is right. so messed up. It's called the mechanic special. Yes. Yeah. You still it see is. him on Craigslist today. But I still I wish I kept it though, but you know, hey, yeah. it is what it is. It was probably good advice. It though. was, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was from the guy who was going to paint it. He was like, I don't want to paint your car cuz it's not you're going to waste money on it. So <laughs> All right. Since we're going back to our youth, what is a habit, good or bad? I don't care. You you pick. What's a habit that you picked up from your parents that you're just like stuck with? You know, like I've said on here, mine's uh, I procrastinate. I learned that from my parents. They're procrastinators. Oh, I got it. While you're thinking about, it, I got it real quick. All right, Roger, go ahead. So, short story. Uh, I stopped talking to my dad for 30 years. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, once my kids came into the world, you know, I was looking at them one day. I was like, dang, man, I don't want them to feel the way I feel about this guy. All right. So I was like, I got to fix it. So uh, through fixing it, I realized that that was me I was talking to. Hmm. I'm nothing like my mom. But my bad habit Mm -hmm. that I think that I got from my dad, his go-to, and remember we had to talk about explicit words. Mm -hmm. You knew something was going down when you heard, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like, I find myself going, yeah. But yeah, I think that's yeah. That's probably the only thing outside of that. I'm I'm a free spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, I think from my parents, if I had to pick one from each. So my dad, he was extremely cheap growing up. He used to make us pay him to use the dryer, right? <laughs> so, okay. you know, it yeah. was one of those things. He was like, hey, you give me 50 cents or you go hang your clothes up outside. Uh, yeah. And it's I appreciate thing. the the value of money that he instilled in me, right? Yeah. But at the same time. I feel like I don't want to instill that on my kids, right? Maybe not so hardcore. Not so hardcore, but yeah. it's still that, hey, it takes a lot of work to pay the bills. It takes a lot of work to yeah. buy you guys clothes, so don't go screw it up by yeah, yeah. running around. Um, from my mom, I would say it was more her nurturing aspect, right? Like one of my fondest memories of her was she would just, when I couldn't sleep, she'd like scratch my back. 
Yeah. And I do that to my wife and all my kids when I help them fall asleep now. So. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Hey, Jeff, did your dad ever say, what do you think, electricity grows on trees? <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> you yeah. think this is a game? Similar, right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I um, put maxes on how much I could spend on shoes. He was like, $100 for some Jordans? He's all, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Oh, as my dad too. Yeah. yeah, my mom was a little cooler about yeah. it. Like if I could catch her on the side, I might get the Air Jordans. Mm-hmm. But if my dad was involved, no, nope. oh, you could forget it. <laughs> We're going to pay less. Yep, every time. <laughs> he worked hard for his money. Yep. Right? Oh yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. All right. What's your go-to karaoke song? I don't care if you karaoke or not. If I if I were to put you on the spot today, you got to sing something. So if I made you do it tonight, the well, the only song I've ever karaoke was Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh shit, you went for it. That's okay. my wife's like one of her favorite songs. And she will sing she's karaoke it many, many times in her life. Nice. And that was yeah. the only one that I've done ever. Okay. Okay. Can you give us a little bit of that <laughs> Mama Ooh, There it that's is. That's all I got. That's cool. Man. <laughs> that's good enough. Yeah, I'll take it. Roger. Uh, I've never done karaoke. My daughter's mom cannot sing but <laughs> she would do karaoke and living on a prayer oh, yeah. Jovi yeah, was so not her <laughs> but she would do it perfect anyway selection of song but she would have fun that's hardcore too but uh i would say i'm a temptations fan yeah so if i was to do any karaoke song i would probably do like ain't too proud to beg that's a fucking great song yeah. mm-hmm. i know you want to leave me but yeah. i refuse <laughs> to let you go all right one day we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to bring the records out because i do this to folks who like motown and and it's this everyone thinks it's the temptations until you really sit down and play the four tops Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now it's a different kind of Motown, but the Four Tops—they just belt out a particular type of soul. The Temptations—it's like smooth, right? It's just very. Everyone loves it. You can't not like the Temptations. The Four Tops come in a little earlier than them, and a little harder. And anyway, one day we might have to sit down and do a Four Tops Temptations uh, playoff. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You ever go back and watch Motown the twenty fifth anniversary? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they had a battle between the Four Tops and the Temptations, and yeah, I noticed yeah. early on, like all the Four Top songs were like the same type of music. How it was like the you. same song, but just <laughs> remixed all around. The you take same. it back, song. yeah? No, like for real. Yeah, I was yeah, just like, this right, is yeah. the same song. <laughs> you're you know, but right, I, and yeah. I I picked that up uh, yeah, like yeah. a few years ago. Uh, I was never a new edition fan, but yeah. once they got older, you know, and they started, you know, they were young adults, blah blah blah. I was like, oh man, okay, I can like, get these right. guys. Yeah, but the era of Bell Biv DeVoe, mm-hmm. Bobby Brown, Ralph Tresvant, they all used Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, to make that music. And if you listen to it, it's all similar. They just changed certain things. Yeah, I was like. You must, producers. you must be my age. You just named all the people I grew up with. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> they were prophets, man. Hey. Smack it, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. 
So yeah. good. That was back when also I would go to the Sam Goody and buy the single tape. Yeah. Because so I, I couldn't afford the full album, so I'd buy the single yeah, tape. Yeah. Um, Those were the good old days. That's when music was still music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Is there a beer? That, so I, I said not brewery questions, but some of them are. A beer or a brewery that that most inspired you to become a brewer. And it doesn't have to be a pro, by the way, but if there's a particular beer you drank that was like, oh man, that's it. This is my jam and, and I, this is gonna be my gig in life. Um, for me, uh, I'm not a brewer, but you know, everyone on the show knows uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale changed my life. I didn't even like it the first time I drank it, to be honest it with you. It was bitter. But I loved it. it was seven bitter. times later, I loved it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once you got acclimated to that yeah, yeah. hoppiness on it, yeah. Right. So anyway, just throwing that one out there for me. And like I said, it could even be a beer that you tasted and were like, wow, this is uh, super inspiring. But it's got to be back in the day. It's got to be before you had yes. your career. So up until college, even in college, all I drank was either malt liquor, like Mickey's, St. Ives. And then in college, I drank a crap load of Bud Light. Right? Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. I don't know why I ended up on Bud Light, first Coors Light or whatever. But then I met my wife, and we were, it was like the day after we met, she was drinking Downtown Brown. Oh, yeah. And Great I tried beer. it for the first time, and I was like, oh, that actually tastes like something good. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it's been... Downtown craft beer, brown. yeah. Okay, so that one just really changed your palate. Like, yeah. this is what beer could yeah. do. Yeah, it's not just fizzy yeah. yellow water, yeah. right? It's There's more to it than that, right? Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I would have to say, and this is, I don't know if you remember this or not. So this was in my Pangea days. That's how I got into craft beer. Oh, yeah. Like, Rob turned me the, on the to the tap Belgium house stuff. in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you remember Odonata? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Peter yeah. Peter Hoey, the say song and Tracy, yeah, um, Rick was in yeah. that too, yeah. So they had a beer, say song that was called the Water Witch. Oh no, okay. that was a different one. <laughs> it was so effing good, nice. And when I found out it was a seasonal and I couldn't get it, I was sore. I was hurt. Yeah, I was like that beer was so good, but. uh <laughs> Yeah, that would that would be it for me. That's a good one. Yeah. I like it. See, I like that. That's mm-hmm. just not not something off the shelf. That's yeah. a good answer. All right, here another brewery one. Um, now this could be anybody. It doesn't have to be a brewer at all. It could be famous people, alive, dead. But if you could brew with somebody, like bring them into the brew house and have a day out of it. Again, could be anybody. It doesn't even have to be a brewer. Family, famous, sports. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the world. <laughs> there's a lot of people in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be the one, A1, whatever comes to mind, you know. I, I got one. You go. I'm going to think about so, this one for a minute. Okay, so this is funny. So as a youth, like, I was probably like five, six years old, I realized I wanted to be a, a ventriloquist comedian. <laughs> I love that. So, now i got to scratch off a question off my list yeah. based on that answer already. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. And so, you know, I, I loved comedy. So if I had to bring somebody back that's passed away to brew with, mm-hmm. I would love to bring Red Fox back. Hell yeah. Okay. 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 And I would be like, hey, we're going to brew this beer, but every now and again I want you to call me, you big <laughs> dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but he was a phenomenal, 
phenomenal comedian. Yeah. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. And he didn't get his just dues until he was like later in life mm -hmm. because he was so explicit. Yeah, yeah. In his in his comedy, but he was clever. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, I would love to like Do you still with him. do you still have your um Little Venture Logos doll? No, I don't have my dummy, but I do work with a lot of dummies. <laughs> Fair enough. What are you yeah. saying, Raj? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that was yeah. that's my comedy <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I, that's good. Yeah, hey, I gave up the dummies, but I'm still <laughs> I'm surrounded still, and yeah. I work with them. <laughs> I think that's a great I give start. I no respect. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, you got one, Jeff? That's a tough question. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people I've met and that I'm friends with have all come about from the brewing world right so i don't think it's necessarily someone in the brewing world that i would want to brew a beer with because people in the brewing industry are really open and they're really open to coming and hanging out and making beer with you and and teaching you what they know um i think like spiritually i'd probably want to brew with my grandpa who okay um you know when we first opened our brewery in 2011 the first one um, he was excited for it, and then he shortly passed away and didn't really get a try any beer. So mm -hmm. I think that's where I would end up. That's a good one right there. That's, that's a good. great one. Yeah, so, you know, it's like with their brewery to grand opening. <sighs> that was amazing. You know why we opened on December 31st? Because everything was, was branded 2011, <laughs> and we had to open or else we have to change all our merch. And so we just opened the doors. And we're like, let's go. Hey, that was a beautiful, like, man, it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, they, it, was it was so hyped up. There were so many people, like, behind you guys. Yeah. Like, you know, me and my girlfriend at the time, like, mm -hmm. we went, we were looking for their brewery before they opened it. Hmm. And uh, when we found it, Jeff and Becca, they were sweeping the floor and there were no there was no equipment in it all right so yeah so we were just talking to him we were like hey are you guys gonna yeah. be kid friendly blah 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 so um i think i just finished the grinding the floors with the big disc grinder so there was like dust everywhere yeah, and yeah. Wow. so we ended up bringing we were like once we found out they were going to be kid friendly we're like dude we're going to bring like all these puzzles and on, on yeah. grand opening night like dude it was so amazing it was, it was so yes. amazing just to see the good people and like everybody was behind them it i was, love small amazing. business grand openings yeah. like mm -hmm. that they're fine yes yeah all right um do you, okay when you're out to eat if your food is bad do you say something <laughs> do, you, do you send it raj back? what do you do uh, yeah, you do. You're yeah. a say something. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll give you. A, I got stories. I got, yeah, that's I got all right. He sends it back to our kitchen it's when point. it's not right. He's <laughs> like, like, hey, <laughs> dude, you messed us up. You yeah, got to fix fair. this. That's no, fair. this is like, man. So there's a. It's different ownership now, but there was a craft beer establishment that focused on craft beer. Mm -hmm. So you know, my previous experiences weren't the greatest, but then I had a friend that new beer he's like no man come back in okay you know try it out and i was like okay cool so me and my friend we go and we try it out and when our beers came out she's like hey can you taste this <laughs> i was like i already knew that it wasn't the beer that she ordered because uh. that's her favorite beer i could 
physically like look yeah, at you it could see, yeah. and say this beer is not the beer so i was like hey send it back she wouldn't send it back <laughs> so the waitress came out i was like hey you know it's like this isn't the beer blah 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 oh i'm gonna go check blah 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 it wasn't the beer yeah you know so uh you know i was like okay whatever so our food comes out our food's wrong <laughs> oh, you know no. i never order my burger rare okay you know so i'm like oh man the food's messed up the beer's messed up uh, okay i'm trying to work it trying to work with this yeah so the table next to us they called the waitress over and they were like hey we're not happy with our you know with our food okay so long story short they got our food ah they comped their whole meal you know so <laughs> and you never us, yeah go ahead you know i was like hey you know it's like this isn't what i ordered blah, blah, yeah blah, blah. yeah okay cool blah 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 she comes back with the bill oh i was like wow but you said Hold something up. wait a minute <laughs> wow so what's which is crazy i know the guy that owns the establishment yeah uh-huh. and my buddy works there so i was like oh okay i was like <laughs> so i break out a hundred dollar bill uh-huh she takes a hundred dollar bill and she goes let me see if we have change okay <laughs> she comes back we don't have change i was like okay took the hundred dollar bill i was like okay we're not paying for anything yeah tell so-and-so to call me we'll talk about it okay yeah so it, it was that experience but I yeah. was just like typically i would send the food back okay but i was like that i know turned that, into a whole different thing that's just weird and i was just like and it started with the beer i knew it wasn't the right beer but my friend was like no we're good blah 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 we got it back and but this is why i asked this question because there's always a whole lot of things so for me like it depends that's where yeah. I that's where I fall. It depends. And yes. it and and I'm pretty good at reading people, right? Like from doing this show for a long time, that's just what I have to do. And so to me it all starts with that. So like I've sent a beer back going like, "Hey, this isn't what I've ordered." And I had this cool experience because it was a cool person. She went back and was like, "Look, this is the tap we poured it off of. It's labeled that way." And yeah. I was like, it's "Easy fix, right?" Well, Ooh. I was like, I luckily it was empty, bro. I was like, "I hear you." But I'm telling you. That's not the right beer. So will you do me a favor? Just go look at the keg collar for me. And I'll tell you what. I'll buy like three of these beers if, it's, if I'm wrong. I'm trying to be cool here. But just go look at the keg collar. Sure enough, they tapped the wrong keg, right? So, but that's only because the bartender was cool. Like I could tell. Yeah. I've had it with other bartenders where you even start to say it and they're like, fuck you, that's the beer you ordered. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Let it, it go. Shouldn't, it shouldn't yeah. be like that. No, of course it, it should. shouldn't be like that. It's like. But not everybody who works at every place cares, right? So it depends on where you're eating, and it depends yeah. on who's on shift depends that day. Who's working in there. It depends yeah. on if their cat died that morning. To be yes, honest with you, like there's does. like fair enough. The coolest people in the world can be total assholes. I've been that guy. Um, not the coolest person, the total asshole. Uh, right? It just depends. It does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like a feel it out kind of person. But yeah. I, I tend to speak up. I tend to kind of go like, yeah, mm, nah, yeah. it's a little wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it goes back to being like, you know, if I know the business owner and then I know the head barkeep. Sure. You know, like well, then you have a man. lot of leeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it's, you know, even with Oak Park Brewing Company, it's like you have to hold everybody accountable. Yeah. 
Agreed. You know? So it's a, at the end of the day, it's bottom line, and it all everything rises and falls on leadership. Sure. Well, and as an owner, too, there's a different – it's how you look at the customer also. So my GM here, Kevin's his name. He's great. Um, and he has a, a saying here, and that is um, the customer is not always right, but they're never wrong. And so you have to approach everything like that. So you can sort of guide a customer to, hey, we screwed up or we didn't mm-hmm. screw up, but they're never wrong. You still got to kind of deal with that. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are exceptions to every rule if, if the customer's just a – being a dick <laughs> right. yes. but still in general if it's just complaints and it's talking about quality or service or this or that they're not always right but they're just not they're just they're never not wrong, wrong. Yeah. yeah 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 so right. typically i won't send food back so okay. like if i order something, i know i, I see this if i order something time. say i order a burger <laughs> yeah. and it's overcooked i'll eat it yeah, I won't yeah send it back the times I have sent something back is when it's either been the wrong food okay or there's something in the food that shouldn't be there. Oh, there you go. Like, right. and that's a Cilantro. given. So, like, no, I ordered like a <laughs> hair, a hair. We <laughs> at one point at this brewery in Sacramento, way back in the day, we ordered like a Caesar salad or some type of salad, no seafood or anything in it, and it came with a shrimp tail in it that was wow. just one. One shrimp tail that wow. the rest of the shrimp had been eaten off of it. <laughs> oh, no. And so I was yeah. like, no, take it back. Yeah, right? of but, course. No. Yeah, but this. most of the time, like, if it's cooked what I want, yeah. you know, I'll eat it. Whether it's 100% accurate or not, I'll eat it just because that's my personality. Is I, I'm, I'm with less. you on that. Like, if, it, if I ordered, you know, medium rare and it's well done, I'm eating that. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, well, you know, like, if you go to, like, a super fancy steak place and you pay $100 for a filet mignon and you ask for it medium rare and they bring you one well, yeah. you're going to probably send it back, right? Or you're right. Like, no, Circumstantial, that's, yeah. That's not right. So, so question yeah. for you, Jeff. Did you go back to that establishment? No. Okay. And it is now, and so it is now that's what business. it comes down to. <laughs> right. You know, I never went back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my experience, I was like, come on, man. You're just like, don't play with my intelligence. Yeah. Well, yeah. and had they fixed it for you, you'd have gone Different back. Different story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'd have gone back. And so that's a good yeah. point for like restaurateurs and staff to know, too. Like, yeah, too. You're responsible for whether or not this person's ever going to come back. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you got two tables side by side. Yeah. And totally two different experiences. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, why the me? same experience with two different outcomes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's so, not good. Yeah, you know, it, things happen. You move forward. You don't harp on them. But that business is doing extremely well. So shouts out to them. They well, know who they them. are. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, are either of you superstitious at all? You know, black cats, whatever. Nowadays, I'm going to say no. Okay. When I played baseball back in my early teens, late 20s, or early 20s, late teens, yes, I was. All right. But now I'm not. Yeah. What was your most irrational superstition when you were playing baseball? Like, couldn't cha- couldn't wash your jersey or whatever? No, it's more like how you put, like, it was weird, like how you would, like, put your jersey on or how would pocket you'd put your gloves in and things like that yeah bro that's ocd that's not super <laughs> well hey i'm not ocd anymore than i guess <laughs> you know like oh the one time i put my glove in this pocket i lost oh and then God, now yeah. i gotta keep it in this other pocket because that's when i win so I you know, yeah 
So what happens when you don't have the glove? You forget the glove. You don't play. <laughs> I mean, you need a glove to pitch, pretty much. What else? Yeah. You put it in your pocket. You're talking about like like a, a batting. Well, like that. different things. Like sometimes yeah. it was like batting gloves, right? Like you put yeah. it in your pocket this way because you got to hit. Or like he, he keep called, your gloves on. He called home for it to be brought. <laughs> like, Dad. Hey, I can't. I lost bat. my glove Wait, again, Dad. Time man. out. Yeah. Time out. Yeah, yeah. They'll be here in 10 minutes. Time out. No, you know, is, there's like, you know, like, is sports, there, I think there's a lot of superstitions in sports where, like, you get oh, yeah. in a routine and you're like, hey, I did really well this day because I did X, Y, or Z. That has nothing to do with totally. your performance at all, right? Like, I, there was a time where I wouldn't step on the foul line because I knew, like, <laughs> hey, every time I don't step on the foul line, I do okay. I do yeah. well, right? Yeah. Or, like, you know, it's if in between each pitch I step back here and, like, regroup my thoughts, like, you know, I do better, right? Right. So, Routine. It's routine, yeah. And, and if some of that routine is superstition, so be it. Yeah, it has no meaning on how you, or no impact really on how you do. But mentally, yeah, mental is a big impact on, or I should say men, your mental state has a big impact on what you do performance-wise in sports. And I would say that baseball, of all sports, uh, not not your mental, but, but what we're talking about, like your train of thought and your superstitions, like more than any other sport. Like it's, just it's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Baseball players get weird with superstition. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I don't think I have any superstitions. Okay. Really. Yeah. 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 All right, one more and uh, this is probably an easy one. We got time for this one, but um Okay, if you could retire tomorrow wealthy, right? Like you don't got to work anymore. You decide how wealthy. I don't care, but you don't have to work anymore. Everything's taken care of. Where do you go live? Where do you want to be? I would live at Oak Park Brewing Company. <laughs> in, I in would the come there the every business. day <laughs> and cause havoc, <laughs> but yeah. not enough to where they would kick me out and I couldn't come back. <laughs> just so you're under I would just, live. <laughs> just live by our code of conduct, just order, right. Like tons of food that's supposed to go out in like 30 minutes and put everybody to the test. <laughs> that's what I would do. That's, I would live at Oak Park Brewing Company. I love that, yeah. yeah. That's a tough question, though. It is. Not know. for me. I'm, I'm going to the brewery. <laughs> you literally, I, mean, yeah, I, like, like, I like hanging out at the brewery. You do, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would be there every day, man, ordering that's food good, for people, like uh, tons of food. That's a good you know, thing. I wouldn't even eat. I would just, just be order like, for what people. Hey, order I need 12 of these for this guy and his date. And, yeah. You'd be the host. Know, the, you want to be like, the hey, this is my yeah. place. You can have yeah. whatever. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's my sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, where would I retire? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think probably just tell our, us where your wife wants to live. That's what it is. Our favorite place <laughs> to go vacation. <laughs> okay, yeah, is North Coast, like Trinidad, Eureka, oh, cool. up in that area. Oh, you like going uh, far north? Up yeah, okay. it's um, beautiful. But up also, there. you know, like we do, we are pretty blessed right now in our lives that we live just south of Sacramento on a pear and apple orchard. And nice, like I don't ever want to leave it yeah yeah it's like our own vacation spot every day we go home it's peaceful it's quiet it's it's our own place and that's great you know i could easily see myself living there for the rest of my life so and how far is that commute it takes me like 20 minutes to get to work that's nothing no not in california 20 minutes is two minutes that's nothing yeah 
Uh, okay, that's so nice. On his, I would call him up every day and be like, "Hey, Jeff, I'm going to go to the brewery. You still haven't been out to our house yet, Rob? <laughs> Bring the kids. I'm going. I'll treat you to lunch, dinner, whatever it is. Beers. Yeah. Come on. We got some pygmy goats, yeah. some chickens, a dog, and nice. Raj calls me the Logger King. Yeah. After the Tiger King. <laughs> no, he comes in with these. I got some weird farm stories. stories like, and I'm like, dude, we we need to document this. We'll call it the Logger King. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, so, but no, we have fun. We now, do. So, yes. Well, know, let me like, tell you this too. Uh, interesting about the where would you live if you had a bunch of money story. I haven't been doing this segment for all that long, but in the time that I've done it. I don't know if it's a Bay Area thing or a, or a brewer thing. Most people are living right where they want to live, just like you two. So no one, I don't know that anybody's answered that question yet, like, I'm off to Belize. Fuck you all in the Bay Area. <laughs> Everyone's kind of like, you know, I really like it here. I would just have more money and stay here, uh, which I think this is a positive thing. It is. You know, you know? I think so. We're not all just looking over the fence at what's greener. Can I rephrase that? Hell yeah. Okay, I would live somewhere else, <laughs> okay. but I would always come to Oak Park Brewing Company there we go. at 12 o'clock p.m. Yeah, <laughs> seven when they days a week. And just order food all day long for it anyone just... who wants it. <laughs> but you don't know where your somewhere else is yet. No, I. you know, it's like ultimately my parents are getting older, so probably North Carolina or New Mexico. Okay. You know, but then there's places I want to go to, like Alaska, Hawaii, Japan, mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I think that would be like if it, I would take it from a different mentality, I think, right? Like, hey, I'm going to retire. I don't need a house. Yeah. I want to go live wherever I want, right? Travel. Yeah. And then wherever my three kids end up, my wife and I would be like, hey, we're going to go visit you for a couple months. We're going to go visit you for a couple months. Yeah. And just not necessarily have a home base, right? Just, yeah. but like enjoy the rest of the world i think that's all at once yeah i know a brewer i'm not gonna say any names i'll try not to give any hints either but i know a brewer who sold his brewery for what we would all agree is a ridiculous fuck ton of money and how much is a fuck ton you tell me. I don't know. That's why. Well, I, a ton is 2,000 pounds. Yeah, we do that, but a fuck What is code. the fuck part of that? If I give the number, I'll give away the person. I don't want to do that. No, okay. it's all good. What's half of a fuck ton? It's a fucking fuck ton <laughs> is how much money. And anyhow. <laughs> Two fucks. This person did a thing <laughs> a that I don't. fuck ton. <laughs> this person did a thing that I don't even know exists. Because apparently you have to have a fuck ton to know that this exists. But this person bought a apartment on a cruise ship that constantly travels the world. It just never stops traveling the world. And it's only apartments, by the way. It's not We're not talking Royal Caribbean here where you got to oh, deal shit. with us assholes who okay. come on with our discount. It's all rich people. With apartments. Wow. And in this apartment, it's your apartment. Like yeah. when you leave the boat, nobody else lives in your apartment. It's still your apartment. So you just show up, your clothes are all there and everything, and it just travels the world all the time. Wow. And And he gets on it wherever he wants to get on it. Like, maybe he wants to travel the world for a couple weeks. Maybe he just wants to go back to where he lives. And, and, and he probably has five different places he lives, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one entity that I didn't even know existed. Apparently, there never are even heard of it. There before, are cruise yeah. ships for rich people where rich people own all the apartments in the cruise ship. 
That would be pretty dope. That is <laughs> that pretty, would be, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. No, that me neither. Neither cool. did I. I was like, how do I not know about this? And this person was like, because you don't you're have a poor. fuck ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Question, question for you, though. Yeah, yeah. Do they have like housekeeping? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah, they do. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they got, uh, it's, it's like a hotel everything. where they come in, they clean your room, they yes. stock your fridge, yeah. and you're just like, okay. It's a luxury yeah. floating apartment that's constantly uh, circumnavigating the world. That's man, amazing! <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And it's Things like that beer and beers included, I'm there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, like, Maybe they need a brewery. I'm just saying, guys. Uh, I would think brewery? that this that these yeah. rich people need a brewery on their yeah. on their cruise ship. Yeah. So maybe that's like the way in. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have today. Uh, once again, you can go to opbrewco.com and learn more about Oak Park Brewing. And then you can go, what's the, the festival website? So, everyone so can, you can go to the peoplesbeerfestival.com or Eventbrite, search word, the People's Beer Festival. There you go. And you can get all the information you need about all the cool events uh, starting on the 10th, which is now... National Black Brewers Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. That's that's really cool. Well, thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate you coming all the way down and sharing your beer. It was wonderful. Maybe we'll have a pint after the show, uh, wrap things up. But you're welcome back anytime, and I hope I get to come up and see you for the event starting on the 10th. Cool. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. yeah. Would thank love to you see for you having us. us. We appreciate it. And anytime you want us on, we are open to it. Heck yeah. I'll come do shows at your place, too. You don't always have to come down here. We'll hey, figure it basement's out. Basement's open if you need it. There we go. It's I do. warm. That yeah. boiler is <laughs> kicking. <laughs> yeah. It's loud, but it's warm. All right, don't forget to visit our sponsors, including the 21st Amendment Brewery. Go to 21st-Amendment.com. Check out Sean's beer. You can get Hell or High Watermelon there, uh, although I think right now it's Hell or High Mango is their new seasonal. Plus, check out their Pumpkin Haze Hazy IPA beer. That's their seasonal lineup. Great beer and great people who support this program. Thanks to them. We'll be back with more shows soon. Um, I've got a lot coming up, and I'm excited about it. So we're going to have a, a busy win of great brewers and brewing information here on the Brewing Network. Thanks for hanging out with us. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The Session is a production of the Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.